0: When someone hurts us, our natural response is to strike back rather than forgive. But what if it just hurts too much to forgive? And what if the other person isn't sorry? Author and radio host June Hunt is our guest today to talk about it and her new book, How to Forgive When You Don't Feel Like It. This is Jerry Johnson live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian Worldview for Christ and Culture.
1: Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one
0: small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will
2: live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these
1: buildings down will hear all of us soon.
2: We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail.
0: Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson.
2: It was a great win for us, and I think it gives us some real sort of wind to our backs as we go into tonight.
3: Today is Super Tuesday, and that's Mike Huckabee. He won West Virginia's 18 delegates. We'll know the rest of the results later tonight. Who are the winners? Who are the losers? John McCain, of course, the front-runner. Why is James Dobson, Ann Coulter, Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levin, why are they opposing John McCain? Maybe this is why.
1: I think, uh, I think that gay marriage should be allowed if there's a ceremony kind of thing, if you want to call it that. I, I don't have any problem with that.
3: All right, we're going to talk about conservative opposition to McCain at the half hour. Also, we're talking about Romney and Huckabee. Don't miss it. But earlier today... Uh, I talked to someone about the topic of forgiveness. Who is it that you cannot forgive? I talked with author June Hunt about the importance of forgiveness. How to forgive when you don't feel like it. That's the title of a new book by June Hunt. June Hunt is an author, singer, speaker, and founder of Hope for the Heart Ministries. You can also hear on KCBI, Hope for the Heart in the Afternoons and Hope in the Night, June, uh, welcome to the program.
4: Oh, I love being with you. Thank you so much.
3: June, you've written a new book called How to Forgive When You Don't Feel Like It. I think that title you know, will connect with a lot of people. Um, you have talked with thousands of people over the years. And I think probably unforgiveness is a, a common theme you've discovered. Could you just tell us you know, what are some of the reasons that keep people... From forgiveness? Why are they bitter? Uh, why are they hurt?
4: Well, I'll just tell you firsthand. Uh, this is a very personal book to me because, truthfully, I felt that because, uh, in my case, uh, I grew up in an, adul- an adulterous home and it was very, very uh, difficult. My father had a lifestyle of infidelity and so it was uh, very, very painful. And I thought if you were to forgive, well, if I were to forgive, then that would be letting him off the hook. And that did not seem right. It seemed logical to me to uh, somebody needed to let him know how wrong he was. And so, by my attitude, I tried to, you know, s- uh, um, pierce him with my eyes, uh, believing, well, my, I had an equation God hates sin, Dad is sinning. God hates Dad, I hate Dad. Mm. And I believed I was right. 100%. So when I would hear something about forgiveness I would say, "Oh yeah, that's good." But God knows my situation is the exception.
3: Now June as serving as a pastor and just in ministry, you know, when I preach on forgiveness or talk about forgiveness, inevitably someone will come up to me afterwards and say, "Well, you're letting them off the hook or and they I think they're using that equation you just mentioned that if God hates the sin, I must hate it, and I can't forgive this person. To forgive would be to excuse it or to overlook it. So talk to us about really how we get over that way of thinking about it. It's kind of a judgmental way of thinking about it.
4: Well, let's understand what forgiveness is not. Uh, It is not letting a person off the hook. It is taking that person off of your hook and putting the offender onto God's hook. They don't get away with it. The Bible says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Uh, Forgiveness is not excusing unjust behavior. Uh, It's acknowledging that it is unjust. Whatever was unjust indeed was unjust. And yet it is still a choice. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a choice. It's an act of the will. And uh, some people say, Well, it's not fair. It's not fair. Well, in truth, it was not fair for Jesus to hang on the cross, but he did so, so that we, in turn, could be forgiven.
3: June, a lot of people, uh, it's been a way of life for them to live with a hurt, a feeling. Uh, It's almost something they don't want to let go of because it defines their personality, who they are. Uh, Could you just talk to us about uh, the choice and... You know the possibility for a different kind of a life. Why should someone uh, say, "You know, it's time. I, I don't want to live like this anymore." What what can happen for them? How could God change them if they could release this unforgiveness?
4: Well, the why. Number one, God commands that we forgive. So, so the question is: Do you want to be a follower of Jesus? do you want to do what god says now you can say no i don't but then you've made a choice and and i'll just give you um, my favorite scripture in regard to forgiveness uh, is bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another forgive as the lord forgave you that's colossians three thirteen. so number one if you really want to be obedient to god then do what he says he commands it number two he wants us to forgive others because he forgives us and in a way think of it this way if you say jerry no i I refuse to forgive i will not forgive well since god was willing to forgive you that puts you as a higher judge than god himself and then i would say are you sure you want to be in that position? Are you sure you want to take that impertinent place? I don't think so.
3: Yes, if a sinless God can forgive a sinner, certainly one sinner can forgive another sinner. We ought to be motivated by that. All right, if we're commanded to forgive, as you say, the Apostle Paul is very clear on that. It's an imperative uh, we do need to understand what it really is. And I think some people think, well, that means, well, I have to forget this, and I can't even remember this happened anymore. And they may feel like, well, I can't, I can't forgive if it means forgetting. What is forgiveness, biblically speaking?
4: Well, you you brought up a great point. There is that statement, that, like a cliché, forgive and forget. Now, if I step on your toe and I say, and let's say I even kind of meant to, and I say, oh, forgive me. Do you think you could handle that? You think you could forgive me? Yes. Okay, okay. Now, if I were to murder Rhonda, if I were to literally destroy, kill the people closest to you, is there any way on earth you could ever forget that?
3: I couldn't forget it.
4: No. So that's actually not in the Bible. The Bible does not tell us to forgive and forget. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a scripture that says that God forgives us, and he remembers our sin no more. Well, what that means is, it does not mean that he gets holy amnesia, but it means that the issue of holding it against us is forgotten. It's it's put away. So what forgiveness is, uh, I, I describe it with uh, two D's and two R's, because sometimes it's easy to remember things like that uh, with alliteration. It's dismissing a debt, dismissing a debt. Mm-hmm. So if I uh, borrow money from you, and I say, Jerry, you know, listen, somebody somebody slashed my tires. I, I, I can't even drive away from here. Would you be willing to lend, loan me some money? I mean, I've got to have some tires, and 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 I've got to be over here. And so, out of the kindness of your heart, you give me a hundred dollars, and wow, okay, thank you so much. And and by the way, I've told you I'm going to have it for you next – let's see. It's going to be a week from now. It will be in the mail. Check will be in the mail. Well, all of a sudden you're smiling. The the audience cannot see that smile. But but now a, a month goes by, not just one week, one month. And then a year goes by, and then you hear that I'm going to be uh, – somebody wanted me to speak at the Criswell College, and so I'm now going to be speaking at the Criswell College because somebody booked me. How 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 kindly are you going to think about me coming to Criswell College speaking to the place where you are president? Uh, how are you going to handle that, first of all, in your stomach? What's going on?
3: Well, I'm going to be conflicted <laughs> that uh, you maybe uh... – here, I'm going to see you, but I have aught against you.
4: And and let's say we go to the same church, and you see me every Sunday. What you, what's going on inside your stomach?
3: Well, we're probably going to avoid each other.
4: So who's in control?
3: Well, probably you are
4: at that point. <laughs> That's right. I'm in control of you. And what that means is that because there has not been uh, an act some way... deal with my wrong you continue to have this expectation she should pay she should pay she should pay and that's right i should but see i don't have any character i'm a person of ill repute and i kind of like it because i kind of conned you and i i got away with it see this is a game to me well the one thing you can do to get away get out of that resentment uh is you can come to me and say june I just want you to know, I've chosen to forgive the debt. You do not have to pay it back. I'm not looking to pay it back. And I just want you to know, I have forgiven the debt. Now, next week, would you expect me to be paying you back?
3: Uh, probably not. I want you to. but <laughs>
4: <laughs> Right, because you have forgiven the debt. But no longer am I controlling you. Now, if I were to ask you, oh, oh, Jerry, let me tell you something happened. I run. I need some gas money. I'm just, and, but I'll pay you back next week. Would you Would you give me twenty five dollars for a tank of gas? No,
3: I think then I would become a kind of an enabler to what you're doing.
4: Excellent, excellent. That is correct. You don't continue to fund irresponsibility. Hmm. Now, initially, you had the right heart. You were trying to help me out. I said I was going to pay you hmm. back. So the issue is. What you have done is you've dismissed the debt, and when you forgive, you release resentment. Those are the two R's, to release resentment. And when you release resentment, it's very interesting. You are releasing the right to hear, please forgive me. You're releasing the right to hear, I'm sorry. You're releasing the right to actually have a repentant person coming to you and and and. In truth, you're not expecting anything from me, but God says that he will deal with that person in his way and in his time because he is a just God.
3: You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to June Hunt. She's written the book, How to Forgive When You Don't Feel Like It. Now, June, that advice you were just giving us about uh, how this really would work out for a Christian, Christian context... Um, I want us to think for a minute about those who may be listening who are not Christians or not sure they're Christians. They don't even know if their own sins are forgiven. I mean, one of the things you've talked about is how God forgives us. And um, we know we're supposed to forgive because there's a command in the Bible. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk more with June Hunt about the power of forgiveness. For those of you who are Christians... You're driving your car, you're sitting at home, maybe you're at work, and there's someone you can't forgive, something you can't forgive. And I want you to hear what June Hunt has to say about how this can really affect you as a Christian um, in a negative way. And uh, also, if you're not a Christian, why you need, why you must forgive. You don't want to miss that. Also, later in the program, today is Super Tuesday. We're going to talk about the Republicans and the Democrats at the half hour. Why has James Dobson issued a written statement today saying, I cannot and will not vote for Senator John McCain as a matter of conscience. Why has James Dobson said he won't vote for this Republican frontrunner? We'll talk about it at the half hour.
0: that's chriswell.edu. you're listening to Jerry Johnson live now here's your host dr. Jerry Johnson president of Chriswell College and Chriswell Communications
1: I think uh, I think that gay marriage should be allowed if there's a ceremony kind of thing if you want to call it that I, I don't have any problem with that
3: Today is Super Tuesday. That's Senator John McCain. He's saying there, at that point, he supported some kind of gay marriage. Uh, Is that why Dr. Dobson, Dr. James Dobson, said today, I cannot, I will not vote for Senator John McCain as a matter of conscience. In the half hour, we're going to talk about why Rush and Mark Levin and Ann Coulter say they cannot vote for John McCain. But let's get back to our interview with June Hunt. She's written a book, How to Forgive When You Don't Feel Like It. I asked June Hunt, What are the benefits of forgiveness, and what are the problems when we harbor unforgiveness? But uh, I heard you tell a story earlier today about someone who is not yet a Christian, and it was actually a barrier to their receiving Christ. Uh, I think this is another reason that people ought to forgive, not just because it's commanded, but because it really becomes a barrier to other things that God would want to do in our life, and particularly salvation. Could you tell that story again?
4: I had a man coming to uh, a Bible study that I was leading. He was approximately about 35 years old, and um, he'd been coming for about three months. And I had this Bible study. It was a home Bible study. I never knew where people were coming from, and they just all these people would appear. And uh, one day he asked if he could talk with me after uh, afterwards. and And so privately we met, and he said, you know, I'm really – I'm really not a Christian, but I, I've prayed that prayer. I, I know I've prayed the salvation prayer. I really want to be saved, but I'm just not saved. And I thought, well, it's probably because he doesn't understand what true, authentic Christianity is. So I went point by point to explain what authentic salvation was. And indeed, I led him in a prayer. He was glad to do that. But at the end, he said, I'm not, I'm not saved. I know I know I'm not saved. And I paused. I, I just prayed, oh, God, please reveal to me what is the barrier here. And in just a moment, it came to my mind, oh. I turned to him. I said, tell me, is there someone you refuse to forgive And all of a sudden, his face became contorted, and he said, Yes, my ex-wife and she doesn't deserve to be forgiven. And I said, Well, obviously she's hurt you a great deal, but let me show you something. And I turned to the scripture. This was in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus was speaking. It's immediately following what we call the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 14 and 15. And it says, If you forgive men when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive your sins. But if you do not forgive men when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. I said, Do you understand? Do you understand, Bill? This can be a block to salvation if you refuse to forgive. And he paused. He thought about it. And then he just grimaced and said, I will not do it. And he got up and he left, and I never saw him again. Now, the interesting thing is, he walked away from what could have been life-changing to him, and yet I. There was another woman. Um, I mean, there was a woman at, at, at a retreat I was was conducting, and likewise she had the same experience she said I know I'm not a Christian I've prayed that prayer I know I don't have a changed life I, I know I'm not a Christian and so I said tell me is there someone you refuse to forgive and with her it was a husband who had had an affair and had gone off with a best friend well she she said I, I, I just I just can't I showed her the scripture and she said oh She said, then God says I must. And I said, that's correct. And she said, well, okay. And so she was willing to pray that prayer, literally uh, telling the Lord that she had all this pain, and yet she was willing to release him into his hands. And so she, as an act of her will, chose to forgive and I never will forget, afterwards, it was like, and, and I, I was leading her in this prayer. And at the end, she said, oh, she said, I feel such a relief. She said, I know I'm saved. And, and really, it was, it, it was like this whole countenance changed. It was fantastic. So really, what we're doing, if we forgive, Jerry, we acknowledge, yes, there's pain. This is not a denial. We have the pain, and we take all of that pain. Th- think of it like a, uh, a, a hook, like a, a big meat hook around your neck. And then all of a sudden, you know, somebody drops in all these rocks, heavy, heavy rocks, mm. and into this bag. And now you're carrying about 70 pounds of rocks for the rest of your life, everywhere you go, 70 pounds. What would happen to you personally, Jerry, if you carried 70 pounds around your neck for the rest of your life?
3: I'd be very tired, and it'd probably bend me over, and I'd be uh, crippled, you know, as well. Um, uh, That's really interesting that you'd ask that, June, because, I mean, you've you've talked about salvation, but are there health, uh, physical, and psychological consequences, you know, as well, uh, to unforgiveness?
4: It's interesting, scientific studies... Show that not only is there uh, hypertension, uh, we, we could go down a list of gastric issues and uh, th- things that that uh, the scientific community has, has discovered. The medical community for a lack of forgiveness. This is not it's not spiritual. This is medical. Medical researchers um, also mental uh, issues. Uh, for, to have that bitterness uh, just continue to warp your thinking. Yes. And so that's why all the more we have the opportunity to say, all right, God, I don't want to carry all this weight the rest of my life. I'm willing to take all that pain and I lift that pain off of my hook and I put that pain onto your hook. And then I take that person off of my emotional hook and I release that person who's caused me so much pain. I put that person onto your hook. And God, thank you. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for lifting the weight how I need to be set free.
3: My guest is June Hunt. She's written the book, How to Forgive When You Don't Feel Like It. Now, you can get this book from HarvestHousePublishers.com or go to Amazon.com, another way to to get it. Uh, June, you know... um, Some people could get frustrated with this in that um, they don't see the other person respond. They forgive them. They go and they say, look, I'm going to forgive you. Could you describe the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation? Because I think that might be important. Some people may be purposing today to get things right, but we don't know how the other person's going to respond.
4: I'm awfully glad you brought that up forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. Forgiveness is one way. Reconciliation is two ways. And many times that is actually a block to salvation. Uh, They assume that there has to be reconciliation. Sometimes that's not appropriate. For example, let's say someone has, uh, I'm going to be very graphic, has raped your child. The issue is not for you to bring that person around your child and to have a close intimate relationship you know there are some people who are hardened and they are not going to change uh when there's adultery that's not appropriate so understand that forgiveness is one way forgiveness is making a choice regardless of the response of the other person now it can when it's appropriate pave the way to a reconciled relationship that needs to take place.
3: June, a couple of final comments here. Um, there are Christians out there who, um, they know what to do here. They've heard you, they've heard this before maybe, but they're finding it very hard to do it, to do it. And I teach ethics here at the college and you know, part of it is trying to teach the students what is right, mm-hmm. but then... It's how to do it in the Christian life. And um, what role does the Holy Spirit play in this? And is there a way to, to um, you know, really rely on Him to do something here that we cannot do in our own strength?
4: Well, you just nailed it. There are times when we cannot do it in our own strength. And this is the why of having what the Scripture says, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Bible says, I can do all things not through my strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So, he, you know, think about it. When he hung on the cross, were his crucifiers saying, Oh, Jesus, we're so sorry. Oh, would you please forgive us? You know, we realized we made a mistake. No, they were jeering. They were making fun. And instead, he said, hanging on the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So realize that if you have truly humbled your heart... And you receive received Jesus on the inside of your life. And you have Christ in you, which the scripture says you do if you're an authentic Christian. it's You may not have the power to forgive, but he has the power to forgive through you. You have all the power you need. It's a decision. It's not a feeling. It is not a feeling. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a choice. It's an act of the will. And by the way, when you do that, realize you are then being Christ-like.
3: If you're listening to this broadcast, um, God is speaking to you. I think if you're thinking right now about someone that you've not been able to forgive, this is not an accident that you're listening. God is speaking to you. Well, we'll have more of that interview with June Hunt in segment four, 15 minutes before the hour. But coming up next, today is Super Tuesday. Uh, Mike Huckabee winning West Virginia already, 18 delegates. John McCain is the front runner for the Republicans, but Dr. James Dobson has said again today he opposes him, will not support him under any circumstances. Why? And we're going to talk about why Texas, yes, Texas may be the decisive primary state between clinton and obama can you believe it texas could make the difference let's talk about it when we come back it's jerry johnson live from Criswell college
0: you're listening to jerry johnson live now here's your host dr jerry johnson president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. I think
1: uh, I think that gay marriage should be allowed if there's a ceremony kind of thing, if you want to call it that. I, I don't have any problem with that.
3: All right, that's Senator John McCain, the front runner for the Republicans right now. And... Um, He said on national television, you just heard it, he could support some kind of gay marriage. This is the kind of statement that has many conservatives concerned about McCain. Now, today is Super Tuesday. We have all these primaries going on all across the country. And already we have the result from West Virginia. They have a convention there. And uh, let's listen to the winner, Mike Huckabee.
2: We raised more money in the last six days than we raised in the first six months in the entire campaign. Uh, we've raised well over a uh, million dollars in less than six days.
3: All right, so be getting a lot of confidence from this victory and uh, projecting it into the results later tonight.
2: We expect to do well in Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, and we think we'll do very well in West Virginia. Oh, that's right, we already did.
3: <laughs> well, they did already do it. Uh, but now here's, this is what's interesting. On the first ballot in West Virginia, listen to this. McCain had 176 votes, Huckabee 375, Romney 464, Romney ahead. But on the second ballot, McCain's people were instructed to go vote with Huckabee, and they ended up in the final with Huckabee at 567 and Romney at 521. And so uh, Romney won on the first Ballot more than anyone else, but the rules required that you win a majority. It's very interesting to see that alliance between Huckabee and McCain and apparently revealing itself in that particular primary. But the big story today James Dobson, repeating a statement he had made earlier on Jerry Johnson Live last year, said today he will not vote for John McCain. And today he issued a statement in writing, and I think it is so important we need to hear it. He issued that statement. To Laura Ingram to read on her show. So, this is the statement from James Dobson concerning why he cannot vote for the front runner, John McCain.
5: I'm deeply disappointed the Republican Party seems poised to select a nominee who did not support a constitutional amendment to protect the institution of marriage, who voted for embryonic stem cell research to kill nascent human beings who opposed tax cuts that ended the marriage penalty, and who has little regard for freedom of speech, who organized the Gang of 14 to preserve filibusters, and has a legendary temper and often uses foul and obscene language. Again, this is James Dobson on John McCain. I am convinced Senator McCain is not a conservative, and in fact has gone out of his way to stick his thumb in the eyes of those who are. He has at times sounded more like a member of the other party. McCain actually considered leaving the GOP in 2001 and approached John Kerry about being Kerry's running mate in 2004. McCain also said publicly that Hillary Clinton would make a good president. Given these and many other concerns, a spoonful of sugar does not make the medicine go down. I cannot and I will not vote for Senator John McCain as a matter of conscience. But what a sad and melancholy decision this is for me and many other conservatives. Should John McCain capture the nomination, as many assume, I believe this general election will offer the worst choices for president in my lifetime. I certainly can't vote for Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama based on their virulently anti-family policy positions. If these are the nominees in November, I simply will not cast a ballot for president for the first time in my life. These decisions are my personal views and do not represent the organization with which I'm affiliated. They do reflect, however, my deeply held convictions about the institution of the family, about moral and spiritual beliefs, and about the welfare of our country. That is the statement of James Dobson. All right, that's Laura Ingram
3: reading a prepared statement by Dr. James Dobson on why he cannot support Senator John McCain. And John McCain, of course, is the front-runner. And uh, I want to know what you think of this statement. The number is eight hundred eight eight one nine two seven zero. How does this make you feel if you're a Republican or a conservative? Do you feel conflicted about this fact that McCain is the front-runner? Maybe he has the best chance to beat Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama, and you don't want to vote for them, maybe? So how does it make you feel to hear Dr. Dobson say he could not vote for For Senator McCain, 800 881 9270. Who will you vote for then? We got Huckabee, we got Romney. What do you think of those two guys? Now, here's a question Where did this all start? Well, I'll tell you where it started. It started right here on Jerry Johnson Live because I had Dr. Dobson on last year and I played this quote from John McCain to James Dobson. Here's the
1: quote right here. I think, uh, I think that gay marriage should be allowed if there's a ceremony kind of thing, if you want to call it that. I, I don't have any problem with that.
3: So it's not just that John McCain didn't endorse the constitutional amendment but that John McCain actually said on national television he supported a notion of gay marriage. I played that for Dr. Dobson. Here's what Dr. Dobson said.
2: Speaking as a private individual, I would not vote for John McCain under any circumstances. Now,
3: that sound from Jerry Johnson Live went on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, everywhere. I saw it again on Tim Russert this weekend. Tim Russert showed the text of that once again. Here's something else Dr. Dobson said about John McCain.
2: I pray that we won't get stuck with him.
3: All right. Well, that's pretty blunt right there. Dr. Dobson, Doctor Dobson, very clear, saying that he does not speak for Focus on the Family, and I want to reiterate that. But I want to know, what are your reactions to Dr. Dobson coming out today? Of course, you've heard probably that Rush Limbaugh says um, this will destroy the Republican Party. And um, I think uh, we've got callers on the line right now. Let's go over to Bob Intero. Bob, what do you think?
1: Yes, Dr. Johnson, I think... Uh It was uh, very well put, because uh, we're stuck with a candidate that does not support family, and it was
2: even said that he wouldn't vote to overturn Roe v.ersus Wade.
3: Well, Bob, I think you're right there. I think uh, there are some real concerns that a lot of people have in the grassroots conservative movement about McCain. Let's go to Wayne now from Carrollton. Wayne, what do you think of this? Uh, I think it's about time somebody spoke out uh, about Mr. McCain. I felt
2: that way for years, Uh, the last time he was running for president. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous that the Republican Party would even support him, and it seems like they are.
3: Wayne, did you have a candidate right now? Who's who? Who are you pulling for?
2: Mike Huckabee,
1: for sure. Well, he won. He's not, he's not perfect, but you know, if I look at the three,
2: he's the only one that's going to line up with most of my moral values.
3: Wayne, thanks so much for calling. For Wayne, it's Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee won today in West Virginia. Very interesting. we got Renee on the line from Waxahachie. Renee, what do you think of Dobson pretty much saying, under no circumstances will I vote for John McCain?
4: I have to say that I I entirely agree with what he has said so eloquently. Um, I have felt this way for years about John McCain, that he
1: is truly a liberal in Republican clothing. (laughs) <laughs> and
4: um it, it, it saddens me tremendously to think that I'm gonna have to do the same thing that James Dobson has said in his letter. If if the only choices are John McCain
5: or Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton, I cannot as a Christian
4: uh vote for any of them.
3: All right. Thank you, Renee. Boy, the phone lines are lighting up on this issue. What do you think of Dobson saying he can't vote for John McCain? Let's move to Jane now from Arlington. Want to know what you're thinking, Jane?
4: Hi. Well, you know, I, I don't think that it's really fair for any Christians, and I'm Christian and I'm pro-life, to sit there and say that it's not okay uh, to vote for uh, McCain or, Bar- or Barack Obama or even uh, Hillary Clinton. They're all decent people, and I think it's really wrong for Christians to go ahead and say, yes, Bush is wonderful, but he lied to us so many times about so many reasons to get us into this war that is uh, going to
3: crater our economy. That's well, Jane, I I, uh, well, you're kind of getting off topic. I just don't think the president lied to us about why we went into Iraq. I heard him one time give 11 reasons before that war. He gave 11 reasons, and I saw people say, oh, that won't work. You've got to give us one reason. So he said, well, uh, WMD. But anyway, that's another topic in another show. Steve on the line from Dallas. Steve, you've got 30 seconds. What do you think of Dobson saying he can't vote for McCain? Well, Jerry thank
1: you for having this program on, and I'm a, I'm a student at Criswell. I just want to, I'm also an ex veteran. I'd like to thank you for bringing this to our attention because otherwise we uh, veterans would have probably chose John McCain and uh, having this uh, uh, enlightenment uh, about his, uh, his views on on not only uh, uh, the rock or uh, the, the gay marriage issue, I think that it's uh, us that have families. So I think it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to make a sound decision now who we want to vote for.
3: Thanks, Stephen. Now, folks, let's go now to Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter on Fox News. Here's what she said in an exchange with Sean Hannity about a John McCain candidacy.
2: I'm standing on substance here. Yes. It's immigration. It's limits on free speech it's not supporting it's tax Anwar, cuts. It's torture it's at Guantanamo. It's class warfare rhetoric. Right. It's interrogations. It's Guantanamo.
3: It's Anwar. It's... This is not, these are not small issues to conservatives.
5: No, and if you're looking at substance rather than um, whether it's an R or D after his name, manifestly, if Mm -hmm. he's our candidate, then Hillary's going to be our girl, Sean, because she's more conservative than he is. I think she would be stronger on the war on terrorism. (laughs) I absolutely believe that. that,
3: that, that, That's the one area I disagree with. Can I just say one thing?
5: Yeah, we're going to sign up together, but let me explain (laughs) that point on terrorism. So you would would
2: vote for Hillary over... Yes, I will
5: campaign for her if it McCain. Okay, he voted.
2: Hillary watching tonight. Did you just? He just got an endorsement. I just heard. No. I was touched
5: (laughs) when she cried.
3: All right. Well, that's pretty extreme. But that's Ann Coulter saying she's so opposed to McCain she will campaign for Hillary. She uses hyperbole from time to time. I wonder if that's what that was. But actually, Dobson, Ann Coulter, Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levin, many other conservatives saying McCain is not the right guy for conservatives. By the way. On the Democrat side, a Clinton campaign aide said today that Texas, the Texas primary, could determine who the Democrat president candidate will be. Because they're going to be neck and neck tonight. And that race is going to go on and on. Well, when we come back, let's settle back down, calm down now, and let's hear June Hunt again when we come back. How to forgive when you don't feel like it. When we come back, June Hunt.
0: College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1 800 899 0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications.
2: It was a great win for us, and I think it gives us some real sort of wind to our backs as we go into tonight.
3: All right, that's Mike Huckabee running for president of the United States, winning the West Virginia primary. Actually, it was a kind of a convention. He won 18 delegates today. This is Super Tuesday. We'll have all the results tomorrow night. We'll be talking about it right here on Jerry Johnson Live. Let's go back, though, to June Hunt. She's written a book, How to Forgive When You Don't Feel Like It. And June began by talking about... A relationship strained with her father ask her in this segment how that ended up when she was able finally to forgive him finally June you know you began uh, just telling us about your father and and issues you had with unforgiveness could you f- tell us the rest of the story how you came to terms with that and um, how your life was changed through that
4: well I definitely needed a changed life um, I do know I had bitterness. Now, I didn't see it at the time. I don't think bitter people see themselves as bitter. I think they see themselves as right. I'm right. Well, unfortunately, uh, a bitter root bears bitter fruit. And I remember going up to my mother one day saying, How can you be so nice to him? Because he was so harsh toward her. And, And she said, Oh, honey, he doesn't know the Lord. If he only knew the Lord, he wouldn't be that way. And all of a sudden, my whole focus changed because I saw her focus. She wasn't focusing on the fault. She was focusing on his need. He needed the Savior. And what I saw her doing is she was praying for his salvation. Well, what does the Bible say? The Bible says, pray for those who persecute you. Mm. So that's what she was doing. And I have found that that's the greatest a barrier, no, uh, protection. It's the greatest protection to keep us from being bitter. What we're to do is when someone has wronged us, then what we do is we pray for that person. Pray that that person will be convicted by the Spirit of God, that that person will understand, would have eyes to see, ears to hear, that that person one day would have a changed life, that whatever's broken within that person would be changed. And that's what I started praying. I started praying for my Father. Well, you cannot pray for someone consistently without feeling a loving concern for that someone. Basically, take it a step at a time. First, just pray. Pray and say, you know, Lord, Lord Jesus, thank you for caring about how much my heart has been hurt. You know the pain I've felt because of every offense. Right now, I release all that pain into your hands. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for me and for extending your forgiveness to me. As an act of my will, I choose to forgive this one who's wounded me so much. And right now, I move my offender off of my emotional hook to your hook. I refuse all thoughts of revenge. I trust that in your time and in your way, you will deal with my offender as you see fit. And Lord, thank you for giving me your power to forgive so that I can be set free. In your precious holy name, I pray. Amen.
3: I hope if you're listening today that um, that is a prayer, a kind of a prayer that you would pray. When you were thinking, I'm sure as June was talking, thinking about someone and something that you just have not been able to forgive.
4: And truly, I've learned that yeah, prayer changes things. It pr- it changes the prayer. It, mm. it changes me when I pray for that one who is difficult and and. In fact, today, when there are difficult people in my life, I know that's what I need to be doing. I need to be praying in behalf of them. That's Matthew five forty four: Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And so with me, I will just say, it changed the relationship that I had with my father. I did go up to him one day, and I said, Dad, I realize that I've never Thanked you for food on the table, for books for school, for a roof over my head. I have been an ungrateful daughter, and I wanted to ask, would you be willing to forgive me? And it stunned him, mm. and uh, he he paused, and he said, and he said, the pleasure was all mine. And I thought, how strange. I mean, I, I thought anyway. We weren't. He just wasn't one to discuss things, and because he went right back to his newspaper, and I thought, well, that didn't go anywhere. But you know, I saw a change after that. It changed his disposition, because I was willing to humble my heart and truly humble myself before him. And so no longer was I being that... Uh, person standing above uh, I, I wasn't uh, pointing my finger down at him I was able to see oh yes I I too was wrong and uh, that is so helpful when we know that there is a wrong attitude we have maybe we haven't done something as wrong in fact my thought was well I'm only two percent wrong and he's 98 percent wrong but see God convicted me but June You're responsible then for that 2%. You go and ask forgiveness. And by the way, later I realized it was much more than 2%. I had had a hateful, bitter attitude toward him, and I definitely needed to ask his forgiveness. And it literally changed the relationship.
3: Wow. And folks, that's what uh, you need. That's what we all need, a change in that relationship. June, you, you mentioned that verse earlier. I want to read it again. It's from Colossians 3. And it says... Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint, a legitimate complaint, really, against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And then here's the result. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And I do believe when we have forgiveness, um, and we do that as a matter of faith and obedience, then the feelings follow, and that peace and that transformation of the relationship will follow. Again, the book is How to Forgive When You Don't Feel Like It. June Hunt is the author. You can get this book. Just go to Amazon.com or HarvestHousePublishers.com. June, thank you so much for being with us today.
4: Well, I've loved it, Jerry, and I, I love your show. I, loved, I love KCBI. Thank you.
3: Well, we're so grateful to June Hunt for being with us today. And um, that verse in Colossians, Forgive even as Christ forgave you. Well, how is that, by the way? Well, we go really back to Colossians 1 where it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. When Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, he shed his blood for our sins. It was an atonement. It was a payment for our sins. Those sins have been paid for in full. Christ died, was buried. Three days later, he rose from the grave. He was seen by hundreds of people, and he offers you forgiveness. Forgiveness. You can be forgiven today. You can be forgiven. No matter what you've done, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses from all sin. Look to Jesus, believe in Jesus. Come to Jesus.
0: You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian Worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.